Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We are broadcasting live today from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. We'll be here today and tomorrow. And, of course, as uh, we look at all the challenges and contentions going on in Congress, uh, the Senate filibuster has increasingly come under attack in recent years. And you've had lawmakers on both sides of the aisle uh, calling for the filibuster to be abolished. So it would make it easier to do things like repeal Obamacare or pass a voting rights legislation. But would that really be the best thing uh, to get rid of it? I'm one who thinks uh, it needs to stay, uh, but was really pleased this morning to see that the Hatch Foundation has invited a visiting scholar, Marty Gold, to join its ranks and make the case for preserving this important legislative tool. And really thrilled to have joining us on the line, Matt Sangren, who, of course, is the executive director of the Hatch Foundation, and Marty Gold. Uh, Marty is an author and recognized authority on congressional rules, among other things, and uh, a partner with Capital Council. LLC, now a visiting scholar at the Hatch Foundation. Gentlemen, thanks to, to both of you for joining. And Matt, let me just jump right to you and uh, just give us a little context of the announcement today and uh, the excitement to bring uh, Marty Gold on to talk about this important thing about the filibuster. Thanks, Boyd, and, and welcome to Washington. We're glad you're out here. It's great to have you. Um, you know, we are thrilled in the Hatch Foundation to welcome Marty Gold as uh, this year's visiting scholar. This, is, this has been a long time coming as we've been thinking internally in the foundation how to focus our attention in preserving not only the uh, government institutions, but in particular the Senate. Um, this is part and parcel with what we've been doing with the Senate project with the Kennedy Institute and the Bipartisan Policy Institute to really focus on um, bringing, you know, keeping our institutions online and keeping um, civility at the forefront. But Marty Gold, um, what a win it is for the foundation. He was a personal friend to Senator Hatch. He's my personal friend. But he, is, he advised Senator Hatch for decades um, on Senate procedure. And we are just over the moon excited to welcome him as the 2022 visiting scholar. He, um, he comes with his own heft. He truly has written the, the book. We're in volume four of Senate procedure. Boyd, I don't know if you remember, you were a Senate staffer yourself, but most, if not all, staffers are schooled by Marty about, hey, what's, what do we expect when they're doing this voterama? Everyone brings in Marty Gold, and it's not just exclusive <laughs> to Republicans, by the way. Right. It's both right. sides of the aisle. Schumer yeah. as well as McConnell, both teams rely on his expertise. So we're just yeah. honored and thrilled to welcome him. 
Wonderful. And uh, Marty, yeah, this is a, a great thing. And uh, you, you are one of the sages of the Senate. And uh, uh, this is a, a wonderful opportunity and a, and a big opportunity for all of us to learn a little more about uh, the filibuster. You, you hear mostly the complaints about it, that it prevents us from doing things. Uh, but maybe uh, to start, Marty, uh, just give us a little framing in terms of why it is that the filibuster is actually what helps make the Senate the great deliberative body. Uh, thank you very much, Boyd, and good afternoon to you, and good afternoon to you, Matt. Uh, the filibuster is actually quite fundamental to the operation of the Senate. Uh, it involves an opportunity for a minority to be heard, not just for a majority to impose its will. Uh, there are things that can get through the Senate without reference to minority rights, but they are a very, very small number of things. Most of the things get through the Senate do require 60 votes to pass. Uh, in the last, for example, 40 years, there have only been six months in time where one party has had 60 votes uh, in a majority. So that has meant for uh, a great many years that the minority would have to be dealt with, consulted with, talked to, and coalitions would have to be built in order to make legislation pass. That means both parties have to have their fingerprints on most major legislation that passes the Senate. That is much better for building public consensus. Where one party does not impose its will on the other, but the legislation that passes is really the product of bipartisan negotiation and consensus building. Yeah, and I think that consensus building is uh, really the thing that we seem to be lacking. And it seems to me, Marty, that most of those who want to get rid of uh, the filibuster uh, want to get rid of it for that very reason, that it is a little easier to jam things through if you just need to get to uh, a simple majority. Uh, what would that do to the Senate? What would the Senate look like or function like uh, in the absence of the filibuster? In the absence of the filibuster, it would look a lot like the House of Representatives, a miniature house. I mean, the House of Representatives is a very much majoritarian institution where one party governs and the other party watches. There was a Speaker of the House many years ago at the end of the 1890s, uh, Thomas Reed of Maine, who said his idea of government was for one party to govern and the other party to watch. He was a Republican. He wanted the Republicans to government and the Democrats to watch. Uh, and the House of Representatives, as it exists today, operates very much in that fashion. And that is precisely what will happen in the Senate, particularly in more polarized times where you don't have the cross-party coalition building that was happening more readily when I started working at the Senate 50 years ago. In the present day, you would have one party govern and the other party watch. So rather than have the Senate perform its constitutional role to be the cooling saucer, it would allow the big decisions uh, made in the Congress to go through adequate deliberation, and finally, uh, consensus building, you will simply have one-party government. That is particularly true if the same party is in control of both chambers. When the Republicans had control of both chambers in the Congress, as recently as 2017 and 2018, the Democrats worried about that kind of thing. And now the Republicans worry about it. And pretty soon the Democrats may worry about it again. And I can assure you that many of the people who talk today about getting rid of the filibuster will not want to do that when they find that the filibuster is their last line of defense. 
Yeah, and that that is such the the challenge as as things swing from party to party. I think that also creates great uncertainty if if everything could be kind of jammed through on just a majority rule there. Uh, Matt, as you look at uh, the Senate project uh, within the the Hatch Foundation. And uh, look at this crucial role uh, of the Senate and what Marty will be doing in terms of, of making that case. What is it that you hope that the uh, the public takes away from this in terms of uh, how we go about our conversations as it relates to, to good public policy? Exactly that. We want good public policy. We don't want, as Marty alluded to, the policy whiplash. We don't want the dysfunction. We want the the Congress to work. We want to have sound policy that's bipartisan. And that is our focus here at the Hatch Foundation. Uh, you know, when we finish this report at the, the end of the year, which is our, our targeted timeline, we intend to share a copy of the report with both Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats. Both, all offices are going to receive a copy of the report. And we hope they will take from our findings lessons learned and how to navigate and how to move forward because this pendulum swings like marty said today might be the democrats day tomorrow it's not they're in the minority and they will be running for the shield of the filibuster the pendulum swings really quickly as you know boyd yeah great uh, great insight and uh, marty we're uh, thrilled to see how this plays out and for your involvement uh, with the hatch foundation and uh, we'll look forward to that report and having uh, both you and matt uh, back on to talk about some of the things that you're working on uh, this is a, a crucial conversation i think it's easy to get lost in the headline of hey just make it easier to pass stuff uh, but again yeah. that uh, doesn't always lead us to the right conversation or to the right policy outcome in the end uh, yeah. marty gold again welcome uh, and uh, matt sangren as always executive director of the hatch foundation uh, thanks to both of you for joining us today thank you boy and thank you to the hatch foundation thank you wonderful all right uh, we're going to step aside for some bottom of the hour news we're going to continue to broadcast from washington dc today here on inside sources stay with us much more to come right here on ksl news radio two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the kabul airport there's desperation and anguish more than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.